we're doing Sunday morning service in a different way, never expecting that we'd come back to our online service. But due to the circumstances with Pastor John testing positive uh, for COVID, we felt that it would be the most uh, uh, wisest thing uh, to shut down our service for this week until we see uh, the people that um, Pastor John was uh, in contact with to make sure that uh, they don't have COVID. And most of our staff would have been involved with all of you on a Sunday morning. So uh, we are, let's just pray that everyone is well. So far, the ones who tested themselves have been tested negative. And uh, Pastor John's doing well. He was not feeling too well yesterday, but felt a whole lot better uh, today. But his voice is hoarse and um, is not able to do the message. So he asked me to share this uh, uh, morning's message. I'm going to be going over Matthew chapter one, just one verse of it uh, that declares the coming of Jesus in uh, uh, relationship to our Christmas uh, season. So let's just pray together. This is a study that I've done with our seniors this past week uh, on our Thursday morning 1030 service. And we go into an in-depth study of the Bible uh, and not so much a, a lot of the preaching that we do on Sunday morning. So let's just uh, open our hearts and uh, have God speak to us through the, the scriptures. Lord, bless your word and speak to each heart and each life regarding the amazing uh, birth of your son uh, incarnated in this world, God becoming human flesh and dwelling among us. And we just give you thanks. We ask that you speak to each heart and each life in Jesus name, amen. So we're looking at the announcement of the birth of Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter one. We've taken, uh, in our senior group, we've taken five years to go through the book of Genesis. And uh, I hope we won't go through five years of going through the book of Matthew, uh, but we're just studying the book of Matthew and its beginnings. And we're in chapter one uh, in connection with the Christmas season. So it's uh, a, great, um, a great time. We are looking at, uh, we've already looked at the genealogy. We took a week and a half to look at the genealogies from verse 1 to verse 18, and then verse 17. And verse 18 uh, speaks of Joseph uh, being aware of Mary's uh, pregnancy uh, before their marriage took place. And uh, uh, he wanted to put her away uh, quietly and uh, not expose her to disgrace. And in the midst of his uh, consideration of, of what to do, uh, God shows up and speaks to him. And I think in any situation that we face in our lives, uh, we need to spend time with God and hear what he has to say. And it was an amazing thing that was spoken to him as he opened his heart and considered what the Lord uh, wanted to say to him. And we are looking at verse 21 of chapter one. And this is the words of the angel. She shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You know, what do you think you need uh, in your life? What is the greatest need in your life? I think we have lots of things that we think are important. Uh, we, we want to make sure that uh, our lives are secure, that our lives are healthy, that uh, we have a good home and we've got a good job. Uh, but 
what is our greatest need? God knew our greatest need. And when he sent Jesus, the declaration of what Jesus would do was that he would save us from our sins. The greatest need we have is forgiveness. Uh, that's the greatest need we have in our relationships with each other, in our homes, in our families, with our spouses, and uh, most importantly, in our relationship with God. Uh, but when, when the Son of God was presented in this world, he was presented by, by the angel with a name, and his name was called Jesus because he was going to be able to do what no human being could do for us. And so we're going to take a look this morning at the beauty, the wonder, and the power uh, of the name of Jesus. This is a study of the anatomy of the name of Jesus, the God who reveals himself uniquely throughout human history has revealed himself in a climactic way in the life of his son, Jesus. It took 4,000 years from the time of, uh, of Adam's sin in the garden until Jesus came, a period of about 4,000 years of history uh, for God to reveal himself. And I, I often ask myself, why did it take so long? You know, why, why couldn't God just reveal himself uh, right immediately after Adam and Eve sinned? And the reason is because God is so big, so magnificent, so eternal, so powerful that he could only uh, reveal himself in bits and pieces that human beings could accept over the course of 4,000 years. And it took 4,000 years of, of time for him to reveal himself, prepare history, prepare human beings for the revelation of Jesus to come into the world. And even with that, uh, Jesus was rejected, but uh, all part of the plan of God. And there's a unique way in which Jesus, uh, God revealed Jesus to us. And so it would be really good for you to take a look at the, uh, your own name, the significance of, we're looking at the significance of Jesus's name, but have you ever thought about the significance of your name? And I think most of us don't. But there's a really interesting scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, that says that God chose us in Jesus Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose us before the creation of the world. God knew about us. He knew when we were going to be born, to whom we were going to be born, in what country, uh, what family we were going to be born into. And I believe that he had a hand in selecting the name that would be given to every single one of us. Uh, how many of you as moms and dads, uh, before your child was born, uh, spent the time looking through the names of boys and girls before you picked a name? And you were very, very selective at uh, what you picked. And often you can look at it as coincidental. But I believe God's hand has been involved in assigning us our names. I never really took serious consideration of this until I evaluated probably several decades ago what my name meant. Uh, and my name is a, a derivative from an English a name that was given to many Anglo-Saxon and English kings, Edward. And what the meaning of that name is, is a rich guard or guardian of treasures. And I never 
thought that there was anything that significant uh, in that name that related to me. But when I evaluated uh, what the scripture had to say regarding the Bible as being a, a precious, precious treasure, and God had invested in my life his word, uh, I, can, I can remember times when uh, God uh, spoke prophetically to my life that uh, I would be uh, a teacher of the word of God. And he has placed within my life uh, the riches of the treasures of God's word. And I think for every single one of us, you will find that your life relates to different aspects. Uh, your name relates to different aspects of your life. So go ahead and make a study of your name. And I think you'll be amazed at uh, what you find. That's our own personal name. But what's in a Bible name? And this is the first person that God created on the earth. And it's amazing that his name, and especially in the Hebrew, uh, has so much involved in who this man is. Uh, we don't have that in our English language because there's, there's not that kind of specific uh, meaning for every single letter. But let's take a look at the name of Adam. Adam, uh, and you read Hebrew from the right to the left. Aleph, Daleh, uh, and Mem is Adam on the left-hand side of your screen. What is really interesting, if you took his name apart in Hebrew, uh, and you took the second and third uh, letters, it would uh, be pronounced Dam. And what Dam in Hebrew means is blood. So Adam was a human being whose life was found in the blood that poured through his veins. And then if you look on the right side of the screen, you'll see Adama. Uh, there is a, a ket at the end of the uh, Adam name and it means ground, and it explains, Adama explains how Adam was created out of the dust of the earth, he was created. And there's another way of, uh, of pronouncing Adam. Uh, it's spelt the same way, but it's pronounced differently, uh, Edom, and it means red. The blood is red, the dirt, dirt is red, and it's all part of Adam. So what is really uh, interesting in Hebrew is that there's so much meaning in the Hebrew language and the Hebrew names. And I, I want to spend some time looking at the beauty of, uh, that was my alarm going off, sorry everybody. Uh, we want to take a look at the beauty of Jesus's name, the wonder of his name. Psalm 72 verse 17 says, his name, the name of God, uh, shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed uh, in him. The blessings that we receive in our lives comes because we are related to the name that is above every single name. And at that name, one day, all of heaven and all of earth will bow its knees. And she shall bring forth a son. This is what the angel said. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. What is really interesting, and we can only get this perspective 
when we have a Hebrew background, because we just see in English the name Jesus as Jesus. But Hebrew people understand the Hebraic background of that name. And the name Jesus in Hebrew means Yahweh saves. And the word Yahweh is the word Jehovah in, uh, in Hebrew. Jehovah and Yahweh are the same names. And what you see in the screen uh, right in the middle of you is the Hebrew way that uh, Jehovah is written. Yod, He, Vav, He, from right to left. Yod, He, Vav, He, or Y-H-V-H. There's no uh, vowels in Hebrew. You've got to uh, know the Hebrew word and be acquainted with it to be able to pronounce it uh, correctly. Uh, yod he vav he, they never, the Hebrew people never pronounced the name of Jehovah, yod he vav he, Yahweh. Uh, they always, in place of it, because it was such a sacred name, uh, used the word uh, Adonai. And they, they spoke of God as Adonai, never Yahweh. But his name was Jehovah Yahweh. That was his name. And so when Jesus was born and his name was called Jesus, the Hebrew people knew that Jesus was, his name meant Jehovah saves. This is a really interesting insight into the Hebrew uh, regarding yod he bab he uh, Yahweh, because every single Hebrew letter has a corresponding picture. Now that's not the same in English, but in, in Hebrew, when you take a letter, there's a picture that's related to it. So if you take a look at the top left-hand uh, side of the screen, the word he, yod he, bab he, he uh, is the picture of a person looking at something or the word behold. Vav is a picture of a nail. And yod is a picture of a hand. And so when you uh, pronounce the name of God in Hebrew, yod, he, bab, he, what you're actually saying is, I am beholding a hand and beholding a nail. Isn't that an amazing thing? Beholding the hand and beholding the nail is the name of God. So enfolded in the name Yahweh or the name Jehovah was a prophecy that one day this God would have in his hands nail piercing it. And it was a prophecy of Jesus who was to come. And this was the Jesus that was born a baby that was destined to one day give his life on the cross. So there's tremendous power in understanding the name of Jesus. And we're going to be taking a look at the redemptive names of Jesus. Because in the Old Testament, God revealed himself in lots of different names. And one of the major names is the name uh, Jehovah. And there's seven different redemptive uh, aspects of the name of God, Jehovah God. And here, here are the seven, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Ra'ah, and Jehovah Sidkenu. And what 
what this shows us is that God is so multifaceted that there's not only one way that he can reveal himself and reveal the fullness of who he is. And he needed to take this time of 4,000 years or 2,000 years, 4,000 years before Jesus came and 2,000 years after Jesus came to fulfill everything he wanted to in order to reveal the fullness of himself. And this is what Hebrews chapter 1 verse uh, 1 to 3 says. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke. And God spoke regarding himself through the prophets, revealing his nature and his, uh, his character to us in so many different ways. And we're going to just look at seven of the Jehovah names that's found in the Old Testament. But in these days, these last days, he has revealed himself to us by his son. So all of these different aspects of who God revealed himself as in the Old Testament is fully revealed in Jesus Christ, uh, his son, when Jesus came to earth. The Hebrew people could piece this thing together because they had the history to understand it. Uh, where we lack that history and lack that ability to be able to connect all the dots. So we're going to try and uh, take a look at the various aspects of who Jehovah was in the Old Testament. So one of the first revelations of Jehovah is uh, Jehovah Rapha uh, from Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 to 26. And it says, if you listen carefully, this is uh, God speaking to the nation of Israel after they were released from Egyptian uh, slavery and uh, crossed the Red Sea following Moses into the wilderness. And they came to a, a, a body of water that they could not drink because it was poison. And uh, Moses spent time before God asking God what to do. And God said to take a tree, throw it into the poison waters, and it would purify the waters and they would be able to drink and and at the tail end of the story in exodus 15 god says if you listen carefully to the lord your god and do what's right in his eyes i will not bring on you any of the diseases of egypt for i am the lord who heals you what is really interesting is that god's solution to moses for a poison body of water was to take a tree and throw that tree uh, into the waters to purify it. A tree represents the cross that Jesus died on. That is the picture that we get uh, from this event. And the poison in our hearts, the poison of sin that's within uh, all of our lives, when the tree that was uh, the instrument Jesus died on, in which the curse of our, our sins was placed on Jesus Christ, provides healing and forgiveness for us. Uh, what was really interesting uh, to me as I took a look at this uh, scripture was that Jesus died on a tree. And there's also two prophecies that's really interesting from Revelations chapter 22 uh, and Ezekiel chapter 47 that tells us that the leaves of the trees will one day provide healing for the nations. 
there's a spiritual aspect to it, but there's also a physical aspect of uh, the trees that will provide their leaves for healing. And that's one of the things that we are making available, the nutraceuticals packs, uh, in order to be able to combat COVID, uh, comes from the leaves of trees or from plant the plant life on earth. And one of the, the greatest things that uh, can provide immunity uh, and health uh, comes from nature itself. So God calls himself Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I know that God also heals supernaturally, and he does that uh, in a phenomenal way whenever uh, at different times in our lives. But he does not do that on a regular kind of a basis because after healing us supernaturally, he uh, desires for us to know how to take care of ourselves in a practical way uh, with what we eat and how we take care of our lives. Jehovah Rapha is the God who heals. And that, that aspect of Jehovah in the Old Testament is revealed in Jesus in the New Testament in our relationship with him. Uh, as we walk with Jesus, he becomes our healer, the one who gives us help. The other aspect of uh, the revelation of Jehovah in the Old Testament is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. And it's really interesting where this um, revelation of Jehovah uh, is related to in Judges chapter 6, verse 22 to 24. It says, Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. What was this whole story? This is Gideon facing the Midianites, the Midianites that had their tens of thousands of soldiers uh, assaulting the provisions of is Israel. And Gideon getting a call from the Lord to uh, battle against them. And so he took 30,000 uh, soldiers and God said, no, you can't take that many. Uh, and he dwelt, uh, whittled it down to 10,000. And God said, no, that's even too much. And he ended up with 300 soldiers and uh, had to fight the thousands, the tens of thousands of Midianites with 300. Can you imagine what must have gone on inside of him? Maybe you're facing something like that, an insurmountable challenge, something bigger than you can handle by yourself. Gideon faced an insurmountable odds with his 300 soldiers against tens of thousands of Midianites. But in the midst of all of that, God gave him peace in his heart. Whatever the problem is, whatever the difficulties are, whatever the challenges are, and as we're facing this whole COVID season, uh, we realize that this Delta variant is a whole lot more severe than the original one. And it's much more infectious. So we're trying to take as many uh, steps as we can uh, to be able to remedy uh, the infectiousness of this, uh, this uh, virus. And we're living in a time when in the midst of all of that, God wants to put peace in our hearts. And he is the God uh, that brings peace. He is Jehovah Shalom, the God that brings peace. Jesus came to save us from our sins. And one of our major sins is that 
we get involved with so many problems that we worry about and we get anxious about, and he's the one that speaks peace to us. Jehovah in the Old Testament also revealed himself as Jehovah Nisi, the, the God, our banner, in Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. I don't know if this, this has ever happened to you in your life, where you uh, thought everything was going, going well in your life, you've had uh, healthy relationships, and uh, all of a sudden, the person that uh, uh, you trust in, the person that you have confidence in, you've got a healthy relationship with, also all of a sudden becomes a betrayer. You know, he turns against you or she turns against you. And you wonder, what is going on? What is happening here? And I think there's many times in our lives that uh, situations like that take place. Uh, Israel, in this uh, particular passage of scripture, when God reveals himself as Jehovah Nisi, the God, uh, my banner, the one who fights for us, uh, was surprised by an attack from the Amalekites. And uh, the Amalekites were conquered as Joshua led the forces of Israel against the Amalekites. Uh, as Moses went up to a hill on the side of the plains where the battle was raging, and as he lifted his hands, trusting God, the battle would be in the favor of Israel. When he got tired and his hands dropped to his side, they were losing the battle. And so uh, Aaron and Hur had to come alongside. And these are the pictures of intercessors, uh, people who help us in our lives. Uh, we can't do things alone. We need the help of others. And uh, God, uh, through that, uh, is able to come through and defeat uh, whatever situation we face. Jehovah Nisi is the Lord, uh, my banner. Another one of Jehovah's names in the Old Testament is Jehovah Ra'ah, or the Lord, our shepherd. And this is taken from Psalms chapter 23. And most of you know that um, pa passage of scripture, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, and he is the one who takes care of our lives. Uh, we can trust him because he will provide for us. He restores our inner life. Uh, when we face uh, dark days in our life, even the possibility of death in our lives, we can walk through that valley of the shadow of death and, and not fear any kind of evil because the Lord's with us. And the promise that he gives to us is, is that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Often we look at chapter 23 as uh, the shepherd's psalm. What it is, is the sheep's psalm. It's our psalm. It's the promise that God will take care of us, whatever it is that we face in our lives, that he is our shepherd. As the shepherd that cares for our lives, uh, we are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. So Jehovah Ra'a is the Lord, our shepherd. Uh, when the angel said that his name will be called Jesus, that name Jesus is the name Jehovah saves, and he saves us uh, from uh, diseases. He saves us from attacks of the enemy. He saves us when we are anxious and we are worried uh, in our lives and he becomes our shepherd. This is one of the most interesting 
revelations of Jehovah, uh, Jesus's name, Jehovah saves, uh, in the name Jehovah Sidkenu. I know it's a kind of difficult Hebrew name, but this means the Lord our righteousness and it's found in Jeremiah chapter 23, uh, verse six. And I believe this is directly connected to something that's happening in the world today. Uh, you see the picture of Joseph Prince, he's a pastor in Singapore that wrote a book that uh, totally changed the way that I looked at my relationship with God about maybe 15 years ago. And it's a book destined to reign. If you've never picked this book up, I would suggest that you do. I, it probably contained about eight or 10 different misconceptions uh, about my relationship with God. And uh, one of them, and it would be great if you could just pick this book up and read it yourself. One of them was that I needed to confess my sins every single day uh, because I'm a sinner. And I realized I am a sinner and I do sin every single day. But uh, his challenge uh, was that uh, God has exchanged through Jesus Christ his righteousness for my sin. And uh, my sins are gone because it was placed on the cross when Jesus died. And how God looks at me is not as a sinner. God looks at me as a righteous person. So this is the uh, prophecy that was given regarding Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness, Jeremiah 23, verse 6. In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. Uh, that had not taken place through the thousands of years until 1948 because throughout the history of Israel, they were bombarded with attacks and assaults and um, misunderstandings. They never uh, had a, a, a peaceful uh, national life until 1948 when they were given that land back. Uh, and I believe that... Uh, this verse is speaking of the period of time that we're alive. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. I believe God is speaking in our day in a very, very special way that we are no longer sinners. We are sinners saved by grace, but it is often what happens is that we take a look at the aspect of our sins rather than the grace that God has provided for us. And the grace that God provides is so abundant that it completely overwhelms and overshadows the weaknesses and failures and faults and sins in all, in all of our lives. This is Romans chapter five, verse 17. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So I used to every single day confess my sins. You know, I've sinned, I've done this bad, I've done this wrong. And the challenge through Joseph Prince was uh, study the scriptures to find out whether God is asking us to confess our sins every single day. And I looked at it and I think it would be good if you could look at it. Look at what the Bible says about confessing. And I could only find one scripture that said that we need to confess our sins. But I found about a dozen other scriptures that said something else. 
And you know what that something else was? You know, it was a scripture on confession, but it was a scripture on confessing Jesus, not confessing sins. So uh, in a ratio of 1 to 12, the scripture is telling us that we need to look at Jesus rather than our sins. And I believe that that's what God sent Jesus Christ into the world for, so that we don't focus, and throughout the whole life of Jesus Christ, that is what, uh, what he did. You know, rather than focusing on people's weaknesses and failures and sicknesses, uh, he pointed everybody that he came in contact with, uh, with the potentials that was in their lives. And uh, his acceptance, his, his love for every single person. He wanted his life to dominate uh, over the weaknesses of each one of our lives. Jehovah Sidkenu is the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah Jireh is another uh, aspect of God's uh, character that was revealed in the Old Testament to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, verse 13 and 14. The God who provides for us. And this is such a uh, timely uh, application for every single one of us in our lives because of all the turmoil and uh, economic uh, upheavals that we are facing right now. Uh, this is the story of Abraham being asked by God to bring uh, the thing that was most precious to him, his son, and offer him to the Lord. And when he was ready to offer him as a sacrifice, God comes and says to him, uh, stop, and a, a lamb, a, a ram is provided as a sacrifice. And uh, Abraham offers that lamb. Uh, and after that event, in verse 14 of chapter 22, Abraham called the name of that place. Uh, and in our English Bibles, we only see the English words, the Lord will provide. We don't see the Hebrew word, Jehovah Jireh. So this is part of the Jehovah name that Jesus was adopting when the angel said to Jesus, uh, said about Jesus, that his name would be Jesus. His name would be Jehovah, uh, Jehovah that saves. Uh, he saves by providing when we have great needs in our lives. And uh, I think you can take a look at yourself and ask yourself, you know, when you faced uh, a time of uh, need, uh, financial need, uh, relational need, uh, emotional need, that God came through. Uh, we had this past uh, Thursday in our senior meeting, uh, one of our older members of our church share uh, how she as a single woman had to take care of five children by herself. Her husband passed away and God provided miraculously for a home and for every single one of the kids and all the children are doing well now and herself provided in her retirement. Uh, I think we can just take a look at ourselves and just ask, how has God provided? And I, I often, uh, whenever I sign off on a letter, uh, I sign off saying that uh, God has provided undeservingly to me, abundantly, that there is an abundance of un undeserved blessings that he's provided for my life. And I could spend a whole hour just sharing uh, those thoughts. And I think you could too. Jehovah Jireh is a God who provides for us. Jehovah Shammah uh, is 
the promise of a God who is always with us. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35. And the name of the city that from that day uh, shall be, the Lord is there. Again, it's in English, so we don't see the Hebrew word, which is Jehovah Shammah. The, the promise that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whatever we're facing, whatever situation we're involved with, that God is always there. We might not feel he's there. It, we might not sense he's there. But the promise is that God is there. And, uh, later on in this uh, portion of scripture in Matthew that we're looking at, uh, we will find that uh, part of the name of, of Jesus is also Emmanuel. The promise that God is going to be there present with us. And the book of Matthew ends that way. When uh, Jesus says, all power in heaven and earth is given to me, and I will be with you always. I will be with you always. Jehovah Shammah is a promise that God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. The name of Jesus in Hebrew means Jehovah saves. And this is the words of the angel uh, to Joseph as he was pondering what to do with a, a woman that he was committed to get married to, but found pregnant before their marriage. And uh, he was commanded to get married to this woman because she is gonna bring forth a supernatural son. He is going to be the climax of all of history. 4,000 years of God revealing himself uh, to the nation of Israel uh, through uh, the various names that he revealed himself by. Uh, there are many other names other than the Jehovah names, but we're just taking a look at seven of the redemptive Jehovah names. And she shall bring forth a son, the angel said, and thou shalt call his name Jehovah that saves. Jesus is Jehovah that saves, for he shall save his people from their sins. And it would be good for you to kind of take a look at your own life and ask yourself, out of all the names of Jehovah, which name of Jehovah do I need to have minister to me in my life? Do I need a Jehovah that heals, a Jehovah that will fight for me? a Jehovah that will bring peace into my life? Do I need a Jehovah that promises his presence that will provide for me in my need? Because when Jesus comes into our lives, he will bring uh, into our lives whatever is the areas of need uh, that we face. He will bring the provisions for that. Jesus is Jehovah that saves. Uh, one of the things that uh, I think would be really great for all the uh, small group leaders to do this week is uh, in your sharing time with your group, uh, share the meaning of the names of every single one of the people in your group. At, find out what your name means. And then uh, ask yourself, where have you seen one of the names of Jesus meet a need in your life? Father, we just thank you that as we enter this Christmas season, we can look at the name of Jesus as the name that provides for every single area of lack and weakness and need and challenge in every single one of our lives. Thank you that Jesus came not only into history, but he came into our life. And for those who have never opened their hearts to receive Jesus, 
we just pray that Lord you would speak to every heart and every life in Jesus wonderful name we pray amen